fact, it's um, very much about protecting your your time and making sure that the people that do get in touch are actually the right people because you don't, as, as horrible as it sounds, you don't want people that, to even get in touch with you who aren't right. Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast. 10X Podcast. The show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week's episode is about websites and content. We're going to look at what kind of content you should have on your website. We're looking at SEO and so much more, and of course, how to maximize and repurpose content as well. I'm joined by Martin Huntbatch and Lindsay Cambridge, a husband and wife team who run Jammy Digital, a website agency. Now, Martin and Lindsay, they either design and build websites for you, or they even teach you how to do it as well through their membership program so welcome to the show guys thanks so much amy thank you very nice to have yeah it's lovely to have you here and and, um what did i miss in that intro fill us in a little bit more (laughs) you guys (laughs) well we have um our agency really is kind of these two things that we do which is web we help people build a better website make it convert better and we uh, advise people on content and the kind of content they should be producing to get the people to your website. So uh, your website, you know, it's so important on a visual standpoint and to speak to your ideal customers, but content plays just as much of a, a role in that as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, exactly what I wanted to speak to you about today, really. So, you know, we're all about um, content, maximizing content and talk a lot about content on other platforms you know like uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and um, podcasts and blogs and YouTube and things like that but your website is so so important for being a content hub isn't it like you know how important do you see that and what mistakes do you see people make if they aren't you know embracing and putting content onto the websites? Yeah so I think a lot of people a lot of business owners do prioritize social media sometimes over their website because it feels more exciting it feels more instant um but with when you put content on social media obviously as we know it kind of disappears <laughs> quite quickly uh, depending on what platform you're on um so when you put actual content on your website it's there forever um we have clients that have um, published blog posts you know three four years ago and it's still paying dividends in terms of search engine rankings or in terms of you know converting readers into into leads and, and sales so it's you know it's really paramount that you focus on your website because the effort that you put into it will help sustain you know your business going forward for a long time yeah and it really does complement and, and, and quite a lot of the times people spend a lot of time either producing an amazing looking website and then waiting for the leads to roll in mm. or they don't have a great website but they produce a lot of time producing content and um, so it's about marrying up the both and understanding that they are both important uh, people will generally find you through your content you know if they've never heard of you before um, I'm you know, it's there's so many different ways to produce content, uh, a lot of which which we talk about. Um, but we've just found that if you can be as helpful as possible and you can provide as much value, the leads will eventually come in. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as your website ticks off a few uh, boxes as well, you know, you make it nice and clear and easy for people to understand what it is that you do. Just communication, really. Um, but content really has been the biggest game changer for us, hasn't it? Yeah, especially yeah, in our space, running an agency. 
it's there's, there's everyone's a website expert in our niche. So, <laughs> so if we were to just speak about the importance of a website, it, it, you wouldn't get a lot of traffic. Um, but actually, because we've been producing content now uh, only since 2017, so not that long, but we were able to increase our traffic by 10 times within the space of 12 months, just based on being not not like every week, you know, producing content every other week. I think we produced, mm. you know, it went from one piece of content published on our blog in 2016 to about 25 pieces of content in 2017. And But it made all the difference because of the strategy and because of the way that we produced content. Um, yeah. And were you, so when you started to embrace content and saw that obviously huge, huge uh, uplift in traffic and, and, and to your website, were you focusing purely on blog posts? Was it written content? Yes. So yes, it was, it was written content for, for the website, obviously getting traffic to your website and blogging is a really, really good way mm. of actually doing that. Um, you know, cause you can really target, you know, your keywords that you want to rank for on, on Google. Um, so we were quite strategic about that in terms of what people are actually searching for, what questions we got from our, um, potential clients, our clients, um, and just, it was very simply writing content around those questions and and people finding us from from Google. Um, so yes, yeah, it was mainly blogging to to begin with. Yeah, well, then we moved on to uh, recording a podcast, which mm-hmm. we started in 2018. So we're able to repurpose a lot of the ideas yeah. from the blog content to be the podcast episodes. Yeah. Um, and we then flipped it again, didn't we, to say that some of the episodes that we were recording, we've got them repurposed into blog posts again. So the ones that we did miss, we kind of came at it from a different angle as well. Yeah. And then uh, we moved on to YouTube. So we kind of did one solid medium per year and then kept moving on. Yeah. Um, we tried yeah. to master one first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the mistake that right. a lot of people make, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. A mistake mm. a lot of people make is they go all in and spread themselves too thin and try to try to just produce lots of unique content for lots of different platforms. Um, but we've just, just found for us, we prefer to write content and that's what seems to get the results that we mm-hmm. want. Um, but it doesn't mean it can't be repurposed. We've seen some great results from it, it ha- having used somebody to repurpose our content before. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. So when we work with um, clients who have a podcast or a video, we we are repurposing that content. You know, we always want to repurpose the podcast episodes or videos into an SEO focused uh, blog post. So we'll write the YouTube description and we'll write the uh, podcast show notes, of course, in the formats that are suitable for for Apple Podcasts and YouTube, etc. But it's so important to have that more SEO focused mm. content on your website, isn't it? Mm. And in terms of, I know you guys, you know, are, are really good at yourself ranking top on Google, like Google number one search return, but also, you know, working with your clients and people in your membership on teaching them how to write those winning articles that will rank number one. I'd love to know, you know, I know you could probably talk for ages and there's probably loads of content you could do, but just to kind of briefly, like, what are the tips that you would give people who are trying to strive for you know, repurposing that podcast or video into an SEO focused, um, number one aiming for uh, article. It's funny actually that you ask because this morning, every Wednesday we review all of our members content and every, all the blog posts that get submitted, we, we say a lot of the same things. Um, so one of the main problems we see with blog posts is 
things like the the titles and the subheadings throughout the post, they mm-hmm. can be a little bit cryptic sometimes and people try to be a bit clever with them. But actually, if you think about it from a logical point of view, what are people likely to search for? You know, just from an SEO point of view, including your main keywords and your main headings, and you separate each of the paragraphs and you, you work through a piece of content as if it was like a book, really, as if you were you were milestoning and, and including chapters of a book, but you're including the chapters as keyword friend, uh, keywords within those headings, you know, including things like internal links to other pages using keywords. Um, the more content that you add, I don't mm-hmm. want to say that it's absolutely vital for you to write 2,000 word articles, but it just so happens that a lot of the content that ranks well for us happens to be that more in-depth blog post. And when you let loose, I mean, you found recently when you intend to write a thousand word article, you end up writing two or three thousand words. You do, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think when you break yeah. it down even more, um, it's about taking that one question. Yeah. That someone searches for and then breaking it down into a really in-depth article. Um, but yes, there's, there's certain things that you can do to optimize a blog post as, as Martin said, um, obviously then adding images in and making sure those are, are, are labeled correctly. Um, making sure that they are reduced in file size so that your blog post um, is very, very quick to load. That's very important for uh, Google. They want they want websites that are quick to load because they know users will hit backspace if they're mm-hmm. not. Um, so there's lots of little things that you can do to optimize your your blog posts. Um, headings is a key one that we find. You know, people try and be quite clever with their headlines and with their subheadings, mm-hmm. and that's that's great from a copy point of view. But if it's a bit cryptic, if people don't quite get it, it's not great for your user. And incidentally, it's actually not great for search engines either doing it that way. So yeah, try and be a bit more more obvious, including your keywords in naturally um, and think about things like images and and how you label these making sure your page loads quite quickly yeah and um, the standard stuff like meta tags you know yeah. title tags mm-hmm. your meta descriptions mm-hmm. getting people to come from search results and uh, optimizing things like the url in your in your um you know the uh, the keywords that you use in your url yeah. keeping that short and mm-hmm. descriptive i suppose um, which is uh, a mistake that a lot of people make is they just use the standard default URL mm-hmm. that, that that's the blog post title that um, includes every single one of the words that you've used mm-hmm. within your heading in the URL. So it's worth optimizing those bits and pieces as well. Yeah. Um, but there's so many things that you can do, but you will give yourself more opportunity to include more keywords if you produce more content. Yeah. So it's not just about how to produce the perfect content um, you know, just by including a particular keyword. It's about having enough words in that piece of content in order for you to articulate exactly what it is that they, that person would need to know. And when you break it down like that, you can actually produce an awful lot of content from one question mm-hmm. that somebody would Google, but there's so many different avenues. Like we produced a piece of content that says, how much does it cost for a website? And you might think that you could get that written in 500 words, but when you break down all of the different options that are available, the pros, the cons, the prices, um, you know, the versus, what, what's that option versus that option? Most questions out there, you could actually produce a really in-depth piece of content. And the reason it works so well is because a lot of your competitors probably aren't doing it like that. A lot of people mm-hmm. understand the power of blogging, but they're not doing it to the to the lengths that you know we try to yeah. and that our members try mm-hmm. to do and that our clients try to do. 
and that will put a lot of people at a big advantage. It's much better to produce one really, really decent piece of content a week rather than trying to do two or three 500-word articles. That's what we found. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and how long when you are when you publish an article and you have really tried to optimize it for keywords, like you said, and you've done all that work. Um, how long do you see that it takes for that to take off and potentially get to the top spot on Google? So, a particular amount of time that it tends to take. Well, the shortest amount of time it's taken is about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> really? So wow. Google works pretty really? quick now. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It works very, very quick. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've written lots of articles recently where we just have a quick um, Chrome extension that checks on the rankings of the post. Uh, and a lot of the times what we do is we just highlight the title of the post, first mm-hmm. of all, to see if that's ranking. And then we'll go through the other keywords and we'll just check where those are ranking. But we wrote um, a funny blog post not long ago, which is who, who are the best web designers in the world. Um, and we just included loads of amazing web designers who we yep. know we'd mm-hmm. be happy to yeah, recommend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were ranked for the keyword best web designer in the world, which, you know, that's what the blog post is about. But it was it was more of a test than anything, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was to see, well. to see. If we, we wanted to see if we could rank for that. <laughs> yeah. For and we did, yeah. 30 minutes, an hour. Yeah. Google will pick it, pick it up pretty quickly. It's yes. really interesting like that you should say that because I spoke to an SEO expert on the podcast years ago because it's kind of weird to think that it's approaching the third birthday of the podcast so um, and this was like definitely in the first year and um and he I remember him saying that you know talking about working hard and optimizing posts and things like that and and I'm sure he said that you know as a word of warning it can be a long game and it can often Mm. take five to six months for your article to 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 rank you know and to start getting shown in the search results anywhere high <laughs> i just remember thinking wow you know that's like i'll go and tell my team come on guys we're going to really focus on this and in six months we might get a number one <laughs> and also because things change so quickly mm-hmm. as well you know um you have to keep your content up to date don't you yes. so it's kind of um you know, it's really, it's really intre- interesting and motivating to hear that actually, no, it can take much quicker. And I guess mm-hmm. the the bots that crawl the internet from Google and other search engines mm-hmm. have just got a lot more sophisticated, haven't they? They are, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in terms of like, you know, that's how we, we really want to get people onto our website and hopefully through a great SEO focused post that's it's gonna happen and people are gonna land on the website. But now they're there and they've consumed the content and you want them to 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 obviously look around more, consume more content, or hopefully find a lead magnet they can sign up to or, or sign up to a call or something like that. What um would you say are the the main features that perhaps, you know, people miss or get lost in like maybe website aesthetics and miss some aspects of the user experience that you can actually do all that work to get people onto your website and then you lose them because of website features that aren't there or or navigation that isn't there yeah I think um in terms of the actual actual features of of trying to get people maybe signed up to a lead magnet or um reading your your next blog post what we find that a lot of people do we call it kind of a mousy moment on a blog post where people kind of run out at the end of the blog post kind of run out the door just going hope you enjoy my blog post please read my comments below or please put comment below and and that's Uh, it or maybe get in touch and get in touch but yeah a very small link very weak sales pitch yeah yeah and they kind of run away sort 
of meekly saying mm-hmm. that, um, even though they produce this really, really great content. So yeah, there are ways, better ways to do that. And in terms of um, doing that, doing that in a more kind of um, attractive, eye-catching way, um, we include kind of big call to actions throughout our blog posts um, with quite clear images with clear call to action buttons um, uh, that actually link to um, a uh, either a sales page if we want to actually sell something or um, you know a, a lead capture page um, yeah and then at the bottom of every blog post you can you know obviously encourage people to read more um, blog content um, by you know having related posts to, to that yeah. one um, but yes yeah that's uh, the biggest thing we've seen we've seen people just write a really quick sentence at the bottom of a blog post it's very meek um yeah we're here to help you bye thank you for reading bye um (laughs) and it just doesn't do enough um so yeah they're all finding the balance really between because we we feel very strongly about the fact that if you've spent that much time doing it people always say what's the what's the return on investment of content marketing Mm -hmm. and yes it's branding and yes it's you know um having your message out there and being seen as helpful but you have to be prepared to get somebody to do what you want them to do as well. That may well be sign up to this homepage blueprint that we, we have, for instance. Or it might be if you want some one-to-one support or, or a, a coaching call with us, then click this button right now. We can actually schedule a call that mm-hmm. works around you. You know, It can actually be more direct. Mm-hmm. And I think people sometimes think sales pages and service pages and content are completely different, but it's much better if you've got that interweaving approach really. Um, and actually what some people do is if somebody's read a piece of content on your website and they think, I like the sound of these people, they, sound to, they seem to know what they're talking about, let me find out a little bit more about them. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll click back to the home page and they'll read that content to find out a little bit more about you as well. And so we found that great, clear communication is mm-hmm. highly effective as mm-hmm. well. So we call we call it the big bold statement, but the big statement on the front of your homepage when someone lands there needs to be crystal clear. Um, you know, explains exactly what it is that you do. And a lot of the times, people have quite clever or vague statements there that confuse people and leave people scratching their heads. So it's about having a really crystal clear message as well on your website to say mm-hmm. this is exactly what we do you know, and let people make that informed decision. Are you the right people for them? Um, you know, we have so much in the way of content on our website about what makes an effective website, but the clear messaging is, yeah. is you could have a very basic website as long as the messaging is right. You know, even if it's a black and white website like Wikipedia, you know, mm-hmm. it, you get the messaging right and people will stick around. Yeah, definitely. You definitely don't need anything complete you know really fancy and beautiful if you look at a website like amazon it's a very ugly website (laughs) (laughs) you know you don't need anything amazing martin's right you just need to look at the messaging on your website is it clear what you do as soon as someone lands on your homepage? because people will go from your content to your homepage. um and then is it clear from your homepage where they need to go next so we always say your homepage is like the reception area of your website. It needs to get someone to the right place on your website. It needs to move them very, very quickly from that reception area. You don't want them crowding around there um, to the next page. So whether that's a service page, whether that's your contact page, whether it's to read more content, whatever it might be, you need to be very clear and give them clear direction where they need to go next. Mm-hmm. So do you find that sometimes people try to cram too much into the homepage? Like they're trying to tell absolutely everything on that one 
page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about intri- intriguing mm-hmm. people, not you yeah, know, um, overcomplicating it. Yeah, um, people want. People think that the homepage is supposed to do all the heavy lifting, but pretty much guarantee that nobody's ever bought from a company before just from visiting the homepage and thinking, mm. great, these are the, the company for me. Mm-hmm. You know, people click on the about page, people click on the individual service pages. And I think that's important as well, that some websites, when we review lots and lots of websites like we do, we see that a lot of companies have one service page and group everything on there and list it from top to bottom. But actually... Each individual service that you have on your website it has a different target audience, and that target audience needs to be treated the way that they they need to be treated. You need to ask them the questions that they're and talk about the problems that they're facing, mm-hmm. uh, and that will be different. So don't group your service pages together. That's something else that people yeah. uh, get wrong. Um, and the same with the about page. A lot of people mm-hmm. um, common mistakes we see on the about page is that people make it about themselves, which is understandable. It's called an about page. I get the uh, the confusion there, but actually um, a good about page should really be about how you can help, uh, how you help your reader, how you help your audience. So it's a good way to start it by saying, you know what, if you're facing these problems, if you're having this issue at the moment, if you're getting frustrated or struggling or whatever it might be, then I can help you. This is what I do. This is what I can do for you. Um, and here are some of the services that I offer. So from your about page, again, you want them to get them to go to your service pages or you want them to get to consume some of your content as well. Um, it's all about moving them along kind of the website um, to a place where they're finding out more about you, understanding you a lot more, and then eventually um, buying from you or at least consuming content and signing up to your email list or something like that. Mm -hmm. And in terms of what you were saying about, you know, obviously splitting up the services and then speaking to the problems and the solutions of each service, specifically to the audience that want that service, Mm -hmm. do you recommend, you know, therefore having a separate lead magnet or content upgrade, whatever, like a separate email list building um, site section of each page that is specific to each of those services? And, And if so, is there a particular type of lead magnet or email generator that you've seen that people just sign up to way more than any other type on the websites that you've um, been working with? Yeah, well, I think in an ideal world, what you would have, and this isn't what we've got, but in an ideal world, what you'd want to go for is every single page on your website or every single post on your website, if you could have a unique content upgrade on that post or page, then that would be really, really good. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about the biggest mistakes people make when repurposing video to Instagram and you have a post on that, then it would be great for you to have a free checklist or a download for that specific thing. Mm-hmm. But in general, what we've done is we've broken up our our main services and created lead magnets for those things. So we use um, more often than not just a PDF download, um, but we create we create really in-depth ones, don't we? So we've yeah. kind of got three or four. Yeah. You know, we've got a website buyer's guide mm-hmm. for anyone looking for a website. We've got a content planning uh, document that people can download if they're interested in content consulting. So we do kind of um, have that set yes. up currently, don't yeah. we? Yeah, and it's, um, it's really good to have that because if you have a particular service page with a lead magnet, so for example, on our um, 
website uh, services page, we have um, a website buyer's guide, which tells people how to buy a website because it's actually a very difficult process to go to to actually find a designer. Um, and if you have something like that, then that means that your email sequence to them can be extremely targeted. Um, you know exactly what they're struggling with um, and you know exactly you know the route that they need to take. Um, so your you know, emails following up from when they're downloading that buyer's guide can be, can be very, very targeted. So those are incredibly useful if you find that people are downloading your lead magnets from certain service pages. Um, it can be, yeah, very, very useful. Whereas if, some, if you just have one lead magnet um, and, you know, it covers your entire website, then you're not, it, it's a bit more generic and you're not really sure um, what services they might be interested in. So that's a bit more difficult to kind of have a really targeted email campaign. Hey, just a little break from this podcast episode to ask you a question. Would you like one single place that you can go to that provides you with everything you need to be able to implement the best practices in content repurposing for your video content, your podcast episodes, and your social media content today? To help you get more value from the content that you create, get more time back and help you reach more people than you ever thought possible. If so, then you are going to love the Content 10X Toolkit. The toolkit is full of video tutorials, templates, checklists, swipe files, step-by-step guides and more that shows you how to repurpose your content in the best ways possible today. No more Googling, no more figuring it out yourself. We provide you with everything that you need to become a content repurposing pro. If this sounds like something that would interest you, then go check out the Content 10X Toolkit at content10x.com forward slash toolkit. Okay, I'm back to this week's episode. Yeah, it's it's something that we've done. So at first with our website, we had one, you know, the general kind of uh, download on how to create content that was more repurposable, but, you know, quite helping podcasters, videos, bloggers, just general advice. But, you know, we've done what you said now, and there's a, a podcast, uh, an upgrade on the podcast 10X page. There's one about video on the video 10X page, something specific to LinkedIn on our LinkedIn 10X. So, you know, we started to realize that we don't really know what the problem is that people have when they just sign up to our general one. So it's, 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 yeah. it's quite hard to follow up with them, but now it's like, okay, well, they're, they're obviously interested in creating more videos on LinkedIn because that's what they've signed up for. So we're more able to follow up and see if we can help them. So um, it, it all takes time to get there with these things, doesn't it? It does, it does. yeah. What, what you said, Martin, about um, in an ideal world, you know, pretty much every piece of content yeah. you create would have a content upgrade, wouldn't it? And it's true, isn't it? And, you know, I think Amy Porterfield's quite famous for, I don't know if she still does, I don't, I don't really kind of follow her as much as I used to years ago, but I know years ago she used to have pretty much a content upgrade for every single podcast mm-hmm. episode that she did. And it would, but not in depth things like, what yeah. what you mm-hmm. talked about it would be the most basic yeah. one page checklist that had like three boxes on it or something mm-hmm. like that and it was just a you know in a, in a way like just a any grab for, yes. for getting people's mm-hmm. email addresses like really quick like three tick checklist or something yeah. that would still be necessary you know useful for some people yeah. don't make notes instead get my checklist but not anything particular of that but I'm mm-hmm. sure the follow-up email sequences yeah. would have been more in-depth so yeah. um mm-hmm. yeah it all takes time doesn't it it yeah. does it does it, so something that you guys um I think you put out recently um a post on social uh, on I saw something on social media, but I was looking at your website earlier as well. And I love this concept that you came up with um, where you call, you say that content 
you know, has lots of uses. Of course, mm. we've just been talking about content marketing, but you talked about also having a content fortress and using content, not just for marketing, but also to um, to protect your business and help you with kind of difficult clients and, and um, the protection of your time. Can you tell me a bit more about this concept? Because I, I really love it. It sounds, it sounds really, really good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a concept that, um, we spoke about, I actually spoke about on stage. Uh, I think it was an event that we were both speaking at um, a few years ago. But yeah, a content fortress is a way of using content. And there's so much content out there where, and people speak about how to attract you know, more leads and sales through your content. And that's all well and good. Um, but we've been there and we've attracted loads of new inquiries, but sometimes those inquiries aren't the, your ideal customers. Sometimes you'll take on clients and you'll realize partway through the project. Sometimes you might realize straight away, um, but it's, it's a lot of work taking on clients. There's a, there's a lot to the relationship and, and it's much better we found to prevent taking on clients who are not the right fit versus, um, you know, taking on the clients that are only your ideal customers. And that's kind of what we've got to at this point where we only attract our ideal customers and it saves us so much time. Mm -hmm. And the way we do that is with a content fortress. And the way we describe it is each piece of content that you create is another brick in your fortress. So if somebody thinks about getting in touch with you and let's just say that they're, they, they say, I just want, for us, it might be, I just want a, a website fast and they go to our website, they'll probably consume some content that says, you won't get a website fast because it's important that you take your time with your website. It's important it's done properly. Mm -hmm. So then that, that content will repel that person or maybe it might educate them a little bit more. And then by the time they get in touch, they will be the ideal customer. So it's about using those. And we've given it eight pillars, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. But like Martin said, it's it's um, very much about protecting your your time and making sure that the people that do get in touch are actually the right people because you don't, as as horrible as it sounds, you don't want people that, to even get in touch with you who aren't right, and um, because you're still spending time with them and you're still maybe writing proposals or spending an hour on the phone with them, that's time out of your day and out of your business. So you want to kind of prevent them from getting in touch right from the beginning, but obviously let through the people that are really right for you. So this is why we recommend people create content that that does this for them. Um, so an example was we um, published um, a blog post called Why New Businesses Shouldn't Spend Thousands on a Website. Um, and that was from discovering that actually new businesses aren't the best to actually invest that money in a website um, from our own experience of working with them. Um, so we published that blog post to make sure that that new businesses kind of understood that when they came across our content, uh, understood why. And we've actually found that people that read that then got in touch with us kind of a year later after they were more established, uh, knew their business a lot more, knew, the, knew their target audience a lot more, and we we're in a lot better position to actually get a website. So yeah. it's not just about repelling people, it's actually educating them to mm -hmm. a point where they're much better clients. Yeah, and using content as well to help guide people when they become customers. Mm -hmm. So people, yeah. you know, when they work with you, for instance, in your agency, they work with you on a continuous basis. So people will have questions before they sign up with you, but they'll also have questions partway through the project, like, how's this going to work when you send when I send you this? How long is it going to take for me to get this back? Do we share documents? How do we use this? So we use content to educate people at every single stage of our uh, the buyer's journey, mm -hmm. right through to 
you know, saying bye-bye and please refer us to other people. There's always content that you can use. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that we create content is based on uh, the eight-part framework. So in our book, which we call Content Fortress, which is – um, due out any any in day October. now. Yeah, we uh, we break wow. down the eight different pieces of content that you can use to accomplish this. What we're talking about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I struggled. Um. With with taking on too much work a few years ago, and I struggled um, both mentally and physically as well because I was working with a lot of clients. Some of them were the wrong clients, and some of those people were taking up a lot of our time. And that's why it was essential that we changed something in our business mm. and we implemented a content fortress to protect ourselves yeah. and also so that we could spend more time with clients who genuinely did get it and understood that what we were doing was for the best of them rather than just taking on anyone who gets in touch. A content fortress allows you to just take on better clients uh, and it's been working oh, really yeah. well for us. Yeah, definitely. It's so cool that your book is is all about that. And, you know, obviously, congratulations, um, like, you know, <laughs> getting a book written in, especially this year with everything that's gone on. <laughs> um, it's brilliant. I mean, you know, what a, what a great, like, book and, you know, slightly different angle to, you know, just typical books about uh, content marketing generally or anything like that. But it's not something that I really heard many people talk about at all I think it's going to be really useful and just like a fascinating read and I um, you know I relate completely um, with what you're talking about in terms of the mistake that you can make of, of just bringing on clients that aren't quite right for you yeah. and and you know at first as you said Martin like at first you, you don't always feel like you can say no and you sometimes know you often know from the moment they fill in an inquiry form by just the tone or manner of something that they've said that they're not going to be right don't you but in the early days you um you don't always have the confidence to 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 turn people away or to know what's right or wrong but then as you work with more clients and you have your great clients and then you have the clients that it just you know it, it was really challenging to work with them I guess there's it just becomes themes doesn't there of what they misunderstood from the start or mm. um what wasn't aligned properly or you know all, all the different things yeah. and if you if you wrote a list of the the ways that the things that weren't quite understood or the things that um the, the misalignment of expectations and things like that if you wrote a big list you, you'd soon realize it's just themes isn't there and as you yeah. said and then um hopefully people see that before they want to work with you because they go through your website and they think oh like that isn't really in alignment with my expectations mm-hmm. but do you have situations as well where you have had people get in touch with you and they've said like the example I want a website and want it really quick and I'd, and my budget is 200 pounds or something yeah. like that do you um, do you do you send them to your content and just say you're not quite the right fit for us and um maybe go to to Wix or something like that and mm-hmm. um in the meantime you know if you want to know more about why you're not quite for us that this would this article would explain it so do you, do you send them to the content or is it we do we send them to every single client that gets in touch with us unless they know us really 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 do well you? um okay. we send them content so we'll send them cool. someone gets in touch and says i want to have a call about um getting my website redesigned when we will say that that sounds fantastic and um, here is some content that will help you in the meantime before we um, may set up a call uh, here is a list of our here's a link to our prices 
uh, here's our website buyer's guide in case you don't choose us you know this will help you find a, a good web designer because actually our buyer's guide actually helps guide people into being good web design clients <laughs> um, and we also send them an article about who we're not the right fit for and, and who we are the right fit for so that's for every single person that gets in touch yeah. um, and people really appreciate that because it's incredibly helpful for them uh, when they come to buying a website um, but also incredibly helpful for us because some of them are turn around and said actually I, I can see you just a look you you're way out of my budget so there's no point or actually I'm looking for a web designer that can do it in two weeks yeah. or whatever it might be so it really helps as a kind of filtering system and and we're not saying to be ever to be rude about it. we're always incredibly nice and and people mm -hmm. have always responded really really well to it so it does work really yeah. well and we like to call these people content dodgers. Yeah, who don't read it. We, we, we say in our book, which is the idea that some people won't want to read your content or mm -hmm. won't read your content before they get in touch. They'll be on your website, they'll pick up the phone, they'll call you or they'll email you without checking out your content. And that's when you have to loop people back into your content mentality, which mm -hmm. is thanks so much for getting in touch. Uh, and in our book, for every single pillar, we actually give you an example of what an email would look like when you get approached for that thing or how you can present that content for each of the individual pillars, whether it's repel content, mm. process content, sales content, all of the different pillars that we've got, we've, we, we use an email, not necessarily an email template, although templates do help. It obviously needs to be adapted to the inquiry, mm. but for the most part, 75% of that email is sent to the same um, you know, to other people. The same wording, yeah. Yeah, yeah which is really wording. helpful. Um, you just don't know what people are going to get in touch with you about. But like you said, there are themes. And for every question you get, for every piece of the process that may stop people in their tracks, whether they've been working with you a week or three months, there may be certain sticking points that require content for you mm -hmm. to help people. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's... It's, it's just incredibly about, helpful to have a system, I suppose. For yeah. Us. And, oh, and like God, what yeah. you said, Amy, it's just about identifying, and anyone can do this, I just identify a moment in your business or a an incident where perhaps things didn't go 100% right, 100% to plan for whatever reason that might be, and just create a piece of content around it. And it helps tr prevent that from happening again. Um, and yeah. it's that simple, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, really easy to do. What are the for for the the eight pillars like the eight different uh, posts in your fortress the, yeah. the structures of your fortress that get you the ideal clients only coming through? Um, what are the eight? I think you said repel, repel, yeah, so um, repel attract. <laughs> we'll do attract. half each. Uh, repel, <laughs> uh, attract. Uh, there's uh, sales. Um, there is pricing, uh, pricing content. content um guiding process content culture and opinion content mm. so those are the, the kind of eight yeah. kind of topics there um and all of those work together really for both attracting um because it's not just about repelling it's attracting the very best people for you and, and the right fits some people and, don't know that they're the right fit and it's yeah. your job to use content to go out and get those people. yeah yeah absolutely um, and that's what you see a lot of people do now especially with everything that's gone on this year and um, you know take for instance opinion content you know, if you're out there and you're producing content that includes your opinion and your beliefs, um, then you will attract like-minded people. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's always been the case. It's just that people have been very timid about sharing their opinion. Uh, maybe it's a frustration that you have online. We see people like Brian Fanzo, for instance, who's been very vocal 
on Twitter about his opinions and he will only attract people who agree with him. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, to a certain extent, that's an extreme example. Yeah. But we found that using our opinion, mm-hmm. um, uh, we've been using our opinion for years. Yeah. It's just a case of knowing that when you get that mm-hmm. client, you want them to understand what you believe yeah. rather than yeah. you just be a forgettable. They're on a kind of similar company. wavelength to you yeah. then. If, you, if you're not afraid to say, you know what, I don't like this thing you know in my industry or I don't like this you know um that's happening in the world or whatever it might be um Mm. you know we all have frustrations with our own industries it's always easiest to start there um so yes then you align people some people might disagree with you some people might might you know but a lot of people will agree with you and they're more likely to be your clients and they're more likely to be on your wavelength and and you know you're more likely to kind of have a better relationship with those people so that's why something like opinion content help works really really well it's it's so true, isn't it? It's important. You don't have to worry about like polarizing because, like you said, you want to attract the people that we, we all work best with. And yeah, um, I, I love, I just love this whole concept. And I think, it, as you were saying, you know, for your book in teaching people, it's it's really a book in teaching people to be more empowered through content, isn't yeah. it? Like use use mm. content in an empowering way. And I love your story as well martin from you know i remember when we spoke at an event a year or so ago and i remember you saying all about the burnout that you had through taking on lots of too many clients Mm. and um, too much work and not the right clients and all that stuff so it seems like just the perfect book for you to come out with that um you know using content you guys know a lot about content but using it to empower you and to build the business that you want to build through working with the right people and and in like you said Lindsay not in a negative or rude way but of course of course we want to repel the people that aren't right (laughs) everywhere that's exactly how it should work and so um yeah, it's fantastic. When so did you say that the book it's it's not out yet, but it's out in only well next yeah, month. It's Early October. Available to pre-order as mm-hmm, has yeah. been for a few months now. Um depends on when this podcast will be released, but the book <laughs> yeah, may well yeah. be out by then. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so I'll make sure that we um, have the link to, uh, to to the book. I think mm-hmm. it'll be out, um, and it's going to be available on um, Amazon. Is it? Is it? Yes. Uh, yeah. kin- uh, paperback and um, Kindle version yeah. as well. Is it? Absolutely. Oh well, congratulations! Uh, it's um, it, it'll be October the twenty third or mark one year of my book coming out which I can't quite believe because you know obviously it doesn't seem like it's been a year so um October's obviously just the best month to bring out a book isn't it (laughs) the best the the best books come out in October (laughs) Um, so uh, as well as um I will provide a link um for everyone to get the book it sounds fantastic I'll certainly get a copy and be recommending it to our clients and and everyone as well because I think it sounds fantastic where else, in terms of connecting with you, of course, we've talked about Jammy Digital, but is it where is there a specific place that you would like people to go to as well as obviously get a copy of the book? <laughs> yeah, I think Jammy Digital is the yeah. jammydigital.com is the main home yeah. of us. That's where mm-hmm. we produce all our content. And um, contentfortress.com is for the book. And, and our membership is makeyourmarkonline.net where we actually help people and review their content on a regular basis. So got lots of little, little places, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, we'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. So much uh, great you know, tips and advice from websites to SEO to obviously building your content fortress as well. So it's really great to have you both on. Thank you so much. Thank oh, thanks you. So much. Thanks for having really us. Really enjoyed it. Cheers, guys.
Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that discussion and thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the content 10x podcast, then why not hit that subscribe button on your podcast listening app of choice so that you can get updated when new episodes are released. And I'd really, really appreciate it if you could leave a review as well. That really makes a difference for the podcast. Also, please do get a copy of my book, Content 10x, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results. It is the ultimate guide to repurposing every type of content and it's available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback and also in audiobook as well and you can head to content10x.com forward slash book to find all the other places that you can get a copy of my book and if you would like us to do your content repurposing for you then we offer a fully end-to-end done for you content repurposing service this is for podcasters and video content creators we have our podcast 10x video 10x and also our specific LinkedIn 10x service helping you to become the leading authority in your industry on LinkedIn you can find out so much more about our services on our website and also please do give me a follow on the social media platforms I share lots and lots of tips and advice on social media about content repurposing I'm at a content 10x on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you try content10x.com forward slash LinkedIn, you'll find my LinkedIn profile over there as well. All that's left to say is thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.